Hey, welcome back to Restoration Matters, where we have conversations around restoring relationships with God and others. My name is Nick Raymeyer, joined by Scott Lemkin and Craig Thompson. Hey, Nick Raymeyer. Hey, you guys. Hey, bros. what up, dudes? How you going? We're in California, we say dude. Do we? Yeah, do we say dude? Dude. What? I mean, I mean, sure, what? but like, is that a California thing? I mean, dude. dude. Is it? Dude, yeah. Seriously? You've never been in another state and they're like, oh, do you say dude? Really? Yeah. Uh, maybe, I guess. Okay. I don't know. Maybe, maybe California is, it's an older word and maybe California culture just, you know, it permeates. So now it's just like dudes everywhere. Yeah. People do use dude a lot, but I think. I mean, I've, I've been it. saying dude for a long time and I'm not from California. Yeah, but you were one of the dudes, like. I'm like, a, like there's like dudes culturally and then there's like dudes within. Yeah. And I was like born dude. Yeah. You were like, I go to rock shows and I know what the word, I'm not used to. Do you go to rock shows? Uh, I don't even know what that means. Do you mean like gemstones? Uh, rock shows? Like a... Oh, like concerts? Yeah, like a concert, oh. yeah. Uh, I don't anymore, really, because um, I don't have time. I don't live in a place where they have them, and <laughs> um, for all those reasons. But I, but back in my college days, for sure, yeah, I'd go to rock shows. Tons of rock shows. Join the... I've never heard them called rock shows. Like, do you go to shows, or do you go to, like, concerts? Oh, like, you thought we were talking about a show... Like yeah, a, like like a like a showing like of an, an expo, expo rock. like a rock expo. expo. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Dude, let's go to the rock show. <laughs> what rock show? I was like, what? Like they have those in Mount Shasta, probably. Oh my gosh, the picture show. Picture show. Oh yeah. Uh, I'm gonna pick movies. my baby up, take her to the picture show. <laughs> you know. All right. This has okay. nothing to do with what mm. we're talking about today. What are we talking about today? We're actually talking about today is um gemstones and rocks <laughs> i'm just kidding all right so what we are actually talking about today is ownership the concept of of rocks ownership who owns these rocks <laughs> no <laughs> whose rocks are these whose rocks um what we're ta- what we're talking about is ownership and how ownership can be a, a touchy thing in relationships and specifically when it comes to relationships that what we are talking about is what what we speak to needs to be what we actually own, right? So, for instance, I am the owner of my feelings, but I'm not the owner of your feelings, right? I am the owner of my motivations, but I'm not the owner of your motivations. And so, if I'm speaking to something that is it, that that you own. And I'm saying you feel this way or you did this because of that. That's really dangerous ground to walk on because now I'm telling you about something that you actually own and not speaking to something that I actually own. Does that make sense? Yeah. I have a question that may be helpful to tease out. Hit me. Okay. I understand the concept of I don't own anybody else's feelings, Yeah, but I have a deep impact on someone's feelings. Mm -hmm. Not perhaps to the point that I own them, but to the point that I have directly impacted that person to feel something. Yeah. To that effect, I would say, well, I have to own, I guess what I'm owning is the action that made that person feel that way. But in some way, that's still directly related to their emotions. So like, yeah, I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think so. Because when you're saying I own, so, so you know, for me to say, I own the the way that I made you feel, right? Yeah. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so 
I can own that. Mm-hmm. And then there are plenty of times where I don't want to own that because I want to make sure that, that you think that's your fault, right? Oh, you, you feel like that? Well, that had nothing to do with me. Right. right? Gotcha. Yes. And so that's where it can get really tricky. Mm-hmm. Because if you are truly pursuing restoration, then it it is it's helpful to take ownership for things that you might not want to take ownership for. Oh, I did not mean to feel make you feel that way, and I realize how what I did might have made you feel that way, or did make you feel that way. Yeah, I think that's that's what I think I was trying to get at because I think that's helpful. Cause yeah, it, yeah, because it can be easy. Like the example you gave to be like, well, I don't own your feelings, so. I mean, however you feel, that's on you, bro. Right. You and I, th- I think that what... Well, dude. Dude, come on, bro. Pick up these rocks. So... <laughs> pick, pick up these rocks. So pick I up. think... Uh, sorry. So I think that what, what we're getting at, though, is when we're talking to someone, it's, it is easy to make statements like, well, you did that, you obviously don't care. Well, because you said that, you... You were trying to hurt my feelings. And by making statements like that, we're really talking about things that we don't have ownership over. And that can actually cause more conflict in the relationship. Because now I'm feeling hurt by something that happened. And then I said something about your feelings or your motives that I don't really have the authority to say. And now we're fighting over whether or not that is true. We've all been in situations like that where somebody throws out something along the lines of, well, you obviously don't care. Mm-hmm. Well, now the whole conversation pivots to, no, I do care. And they're defending whether or not they care mm-hmm. versus what the actual issue is. Right. And so, so minor little tweaks in the way that we talk about things can actually keep our conversation focused on things that we actually do own. So when you said this it made me feel like you don't care mm-hmm. it's just a tiny little tweak it made me feel like you don't care versus you obviously don't care yeah tiny tweak big big impact big impact because i can actually speak to my feelings and if what you did made it f- made me feel like you don't care i can say with total certainty i feel like you don't care when you say that right and they can argue with me and tell me that I'm wrong. But at the end of the day, I still actually am the owner of that feeling. Mm-hmm. I'm not the actual owner of their motivation or right. their intention. Yeah. And that's where, as someone who may have hurt someone's feelings, you can take ownership like you were just saying. and Like, hey... I understand how that hurt you. That wasn't my intent. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah, it was my intent. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. That's a, you know, that's a great place to be in too. And able to recognize like, you know, I I did say that because I was angry and I wanted to throw something back at you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I, I imagine that it can seem kind of a petty little distinction. Really? We have to parse out these words that much. But I do believe that by doing this, you'll actually keep the conversation on target. Yeah, for what you actually want to talk about. Yes. Yeah. 
And you're not going to all of a sudden find yourself talking about the motive of that action or that, or that phrase that was just said. You're going to stick with the actual issue and keep that, that conversation focused, which is going to increase the chances of that conversation actually restoring your relationship. Yeah. Because over the life of a relationship, the more times there's like kind of accusatory language and not ownership of what was said and trying to understand and make those minor tweaks. Like you'll probably one party will walk away from that conversation being like, I can't believe they think that, you know, I did this to hurt them on purpose or I can't believe they said that to me and they're not, you know, they think I don't care about them. Like Mm -hmm. if it's happening once, it's going to happen twice and three times and four times. And over the time that'll create, you know, either an emotional separation or just a lot of tension into which the fights will continue to get, you know, our arguments will get bigger and louder and more misunderstanding. And those old conversations that you had maybe years ago or a month ago will come into it. Mm -hmm. And so then you're no longer, you're now having a conversation about three or four things that happened in the past as well as with the inciting incident that happened currently. Yeah. And that can turn into just a lot bigger thing which is where those little tweaks are important because if you make little tweaks every time you have those conversations, you'll be able to like leave them successfully and healthily. So the next time you're not, you don't have all this old anger or old hurts coming into a present conversation. Yeah. Because how many times have we been in a, in a conversation where basically everybody just runs out of gas and the conversation ends because nobody has any more energy, but there's not true resolution. And that situation and that kind of lack of cl- of clarity around what's actually going to happen and change and how are we going to actually make things better really it doesn't actually resolve anything just everybody's out of gas and so they go home or one party just happens yeah says forget be, it yeah just like forget it whatever it's not worth it or other party is just wants to stick with it. it's like no 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 we're going to figure this out yeah yeah and the more issues that arise the harder it is to actually resolve any of them. And so these, this kind of tweak to this, to the way that we talk about things to say, okay, I am only going to talk about the things that I have the actual authority to talk about. And that's the things that I own, which are my feelings, my motives, my intentions, my actions. And then I can extend that even to how my action made you feel apart from my intention. So I might have done something with the best intentions and it might have hurt your feelings or or upset you. And now when you come and talk about how my action hurt your feelings, then we can talk about how to resolve that. Because we're talking about an action that I own and a feeling that you own. Where, And it's easier to not get defensive about stuff like that. Where it's harder to to resist that defensive feeling is when somebody comes in and says, you did this because of A, B, C, D, E, right? You did this because you wanted to hurt me or you wanted to, you know, whatever, whatever the, the accusation is. And now all of a sudden, we're arguing about whether or not that is true, not whether whether or not you know, the action that was taken should be, you know, something that 
that we avoid in the future or whatever, you know? That wasn't a very good way to say that. Yeah, that made a lot of sense. Did it? Yeah. Owning the action and then owning the emotion. One party owns each of one. Yeah. And that's really helpful if you think about when we're talking about ownership of like, oh, okay, I performed the action mm-hmm. that had said result. This person is owning the emotion. Yeah. And if you can both have the wherewithal to come at it from that angle, you can have a successful conversation. Much easier. It just clears it up. Yeah. You know, and remembering also like, okay, even preloading that conversation with like, hey, um, you're, or preloading it to yourself in your mind of like, wait, I, this are, is my spouse out to get me? Mm-hmm. You know, like, are they, do I think they're intentionally trying to hurt me right now? And even asking yourself that question and generally, you know, it's going to be, no, I'm sure they're not, mm-hmm. you know? And so you can come at it from that because it's really easy to get in the spot of like, they're trying to hurt me, you know? And that's, I think what you're getting at right there, Nick, is the reason why those statements, even though it's a subtle change, those, those statements of motive or intention or assumption, they create such a big division and, and fracture in relationship because there's a whole lot of other stuff that's packed into that accusation or assumption. Right. So if, you know, if, if I come to you and I say, well, when you did that, it just showed me that you don't care. There's a whole lot more behind that. Yeah. Of like, wait a second. I you would say, think, I don't care. Yeah. You think I'm a Hold person on, Craig. who doesn't care. You think I'm a person who, I mean, there's just so much baggage in a statement like that rather than, Hey, when you did that, it made me feel like you don't care. Right. Cause then I would bring up, Oh, I don't care. Well, okay. So does it mean I don't care when I did X, Y, and Z? Yeah. And you know, then we'd be talking about 5 million things. Yeah. And, and when, when you're talking about your feeling, then it gives me the opportunity to say, Oh, I could see how you would feel that way. But thanks for, I mean, really just talking about that and, and not really making all this assumption about me and my character and who I am. And because we don't have to talk about any of that stuff because you didn't level an accusation. Now we can actually just talk about how I can avoid making you feel like that in the future. Right. Cause that's not what I want. Right. Yeah. It's not the goal. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a phrase that comes up in these conversations sometimes where people will say, I'm sorry you feel that way. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Cause sure. I don't, sometimes I'm like, what? I don't like the way that sounds. Yeah. That feels like a, that feels like a non ownership taking position for how the action made me feel, but yet kind of still a sly way of like maybe taking some ownership or recognizing that or taking the edge off. Yes. But it really is like, "Eh, it's apologizing for something that you don't own. Right. Yes. Which I'm not sure that we can do that. Right. Yeah. So it's like, like the problem is that it's a combination of, not taking ownership of something you could own while also sort of patronizing them mm-hmm. by saying something that's kind of silly, like mm-hmm. I'm sorry for your feelings mm-hmm. kind of. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's like maybe trying to have it both ways. Sounds like, sounds like that's a you problem yeah. is really what it's yeah. saying Yeah, without saying it. Now maybe to, to kind of steal man, the defense of that um, I've seen in conversations before um, and I've felt this impulse in conversations before where it's very clear that one of the parties is struggling with a lot of emotions mm-hmm. um, and they're kind of airing a lot of that out. And the other person 
is really stuck and doesn't really know where to go from there. Yeah. Um, you know, there's times when someone is really upset um, or has a lot of hurt feelings about something that maybe the other party has no intention or even awareness of where, you know, what the person who's feeling hurt is, is they're looking for some kind of, um, they're looking for something from the other person. Some They're looking for them to take ownership. They're looking for, in many cases, they are kind of looking for an apology. And um, what they're looking for often is that the person who hurt them will say, I should not have done what I did and or I shouldn't have done what I did and I knew that I was going to do it and I and I knew that it was going to have this effect. Mm-hmm. And the initial person, because they were unaware or unaware of what it, the effect it would have, um, are, are they're left in a position where they're thinking, well, I actually am not quite ready to apologize for that because I'm not sure that what I did was wrong or what you're wanting me to apologize for. I don't think that that's fair or clear to me. But I do want to express that like I'm upset about there being a problem. Mm-hmm. What do I say? I'm sorry you feel that way, you know? Yeah. So I think that sometimes that can be said not out of like a dismissive or like a rude way, but just out of, at least I've seen this when I've seen people use that. I've seen it's like, oh, they're, they're really not sure what they're supposed to be saying right now because the other person is looking for them to say something and they're like, well, I can't say that. Yeah. But I want to say something. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, that, I can see where that has a place, but Yeah. Lots of times I feel like it's used as like a, in a kind of a heat of the moment. Like, yeah. Oh, well, I'm sorry you feel that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it just, then it's like, okay, I guess we'll end that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And Scott, what you're talking about there it really seems like when, when what that person is pursuing is the feeling of rightness, you know? Yeah. So, okay, you, I want you to say, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done that. And I caused this problem. That's, that really, if somebody says that, the person receiving it is basically like, I knew it. I was totally right. Yeah. And you were totally wrong. But we know that in relationship, that's very rarely if ever the the actual truth is that one person was completely wrong and the other person was completely right or at the very least completely not wrong, you know? And so, so even stepping out of that type of a, of a conversation to say, to, to just kind of establish a, a, a base. And so to step out of that, that hyper emotional situation and say, okay, let me just clarify. I really want resolution here. I really want us to be in a better place at the end of this conversation. I also want to be genuine. So I don't want to just flippantly apologize for something. And I, but I do want to look for ways that I unintentionally hopefully made the situation worse so that I can avoid doing that again in the future you know kind of take a step back from the from the issue and start talking about other things that we do own which is my desire for this relationship my desire for the the future of avoiding getting into these conflicts in the first place and even those types of statements, again, speaking about things that you actually do own, those types of statements can help to disarm a hyper emotional conversation because it's just reminding that person, okay, this person that I'm talking with actually wants a good outcome. They're not just trying to prove themselves to be right. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about binary 
choices and it's right, wrong. The right, wrong paradigm is very binary. You're either right or you're wrong. And so rejecting that to say, okay, we're not trying to figure out who's right or who's wrong. We're trying to figure out how do we proceed in health? How do we proceed in restoration and how do we avoid these conflicts in the future? Mm-hmm. And that's a <clears throat> very loving way to think. And I think the way that Christ calls us to think about relationships in terms of not so much I'm right and you're wrong or you're right and I'm wrong, but more of like this relationship itself is its own entity. And how am I advancing Mm -hmm. this relationship instead of just my autonomous self? Mm -hmm. You know, it's looking at the relationship as something you want to prove rather than just looking at, oh, I'm just how can I better my position in, in this life? Yeah. 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 And so saying things like in that in those moments, saying things like, I, I don't want you to feel that way, you know? Yeah. I, so feeling like, like that is, is not, that, that can't be fun, right? So I don't want you to feel like that. And I want to talk about how I can help you not feel like that in the future. Yeah. Might be a better way than, I'm sorry you feel that way. Yeah. Totally. Figure it out and get over it, you know? Yeah. And part of that is a little bit like having the anticipation that you're going to have to maybe take more of a leadership role in that conversation yeah. instead of just letting the other person kind of do what they're doing, say what they're saying, and then just reacting to what they're saying. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you know, start maybe even starting off at the beginning and saying like, I'm going to try to take ownership early and often Mm -hmm. in this conversation so that, you know, it doesn't just get built up and pent up. And then it just kind of comes out as like emotion. And then you're left in a position where you're like, oh, I, I know that this person wants me to take some responsibility. I don't know how to do that. I'm sorry you feel that way. Yeah. Um, But it, it might, it might kind of off offset that need that the other person might feel more and more to get you to take responsibility. Yeah. If you start doing it earlier. Yeah. Yeah. I like what you were just saying about looking for ownership. So if that person is, pressuring you to take ownership for something that you aren't willing to take ownership of because it's not accurate or whatever else just to reject that and say, no, you know, that's you're wrong. You're wrong. There's, there are other things that you could be looking to take ownership for, which might help to diffuse that situation. Like, okay. Yeah. Even saying things like, okay, yeah, I see how, when I did that, it could have made you feel that way. Let me just, Make sure you know that was not what I was trying to do, right? But I can own the fact that that my action might have had an unintended consequence. But separating those things out, I think we talked about that a while ago too, of just like separating those things out. My action and the consequence aren't inextricably linked, you know? There is there's unintended consequence to our actions often. Yeah. But disciplining ourselves to really be aware of of this concept of ownership and disciplining our speech in conversations to to not go across that line and not start talking about something with authority that we don't actually own. To tell somebody else how they feel, to tell somebody else what their intention was or their motive was can actually help to to help to at least limit the conflict and not bring in now all kinds of other things that now must also be resolved 
as we're trying to address the main issue. And so that's our challenge for you this week is just to look for those look for those opportunities to really be aware and really be disciplined about talking about what it is that we actually own, looking for things that we can own and take ownership for, but also also trying to be aware when we start talking about things that we don't own and and to avoid that whenever possible. So we hope that's been encouraging for you this week. Thanks for joining us. We want to remind you that uh, restoration is a process that takes time and it can feel discouraging or hopeless from time to time, but we really believe that all the time and energy you put into restoring relationships in your life is worth it. So we want to encourage you to keep going and to hopefully to use tools and, and techniques that you're um, that we're talking about on the show to help improve the relationships in your life that matter to you the most. So thanks for joining us this week. We'll hope to see you next week on Restoration Matters.